1: Each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. You're
2: in the neighborhoods we are in. You're in the ones we're passing by.
3: You're in the ones we call our neighbors. And the ones who still sleep
1: now here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell.
3: Thanks, Dave, and welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today. With two beautiful ladies, which I am going to introduce in just a second, um, uh, as well as uh, an amazing activist and uh, leader in the community. And uh, I will introduce him as well. But ladies, so glad to have you here. I've got two co-hosts. Oh, my gosh. Yay. Uh, uh, Two partners in justice. And uh, of course, we have our lovely Miss Vanita Hopkins. Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. And we have Rishay.
2: Hi.
3: Hey. Um, You know, one thing I noticed uh, when I was listening to one of our recordings is that we sound a lot alike. So I was (laughs) thinking maybe all of us. So I was Uh, thinking, why don't you go? Hey, I was (laughs) just going to do that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And then you go like, get the alto. Okay. (laughs) Hey. You're going to go high. Okay. Well, we should get to introducing our guests (laughs) today. I'm so sorry. You are in for a lot of fun today. Devin, we appreciate you. We have on the line Devin Gaster. Devin is the co-founder and executive director of Men Creating Peace, a ooh, violence ooh, prevention ooh. and anger management program in Oakland, California. He's done a ton of work in this space, and I'm going to let him share his story. But it would just thank you so much for being here, Devin.
4: Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
3: Yeah, so we we like to have fun as we talk about some pretty hard (laughs) to hear topics. (laughs) So we like to mix it up a little bit. And, you know, because um, because we're we're just so grateful that we have another day and another opportunity to um, change things about ourselves, about the community. And uh, and we're so excited about the the change that you've been creating men, creating peace in our community. Tell us about yourself. How did you get started in in this fight for peace and this in this uh, focus um, uh, around men creating peace and then you, you know maybe tell us a little bit about your background and then how you how you came to the to creating this organization
4: well it's interesting use the um, the terminology fight uh, that's exactly how I came to 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 this work was um, I was going through a divorce with my ex-wife and I got into a fight and I went to jail and she went to the hospital and I was um, I was convicted of domestic violence and asked by the courts to do a, an anger management class, or a violence prevention class, and I chose uh, Man Alive, which was the class I did in San Francisco. This was in 1997. Um, I finished the class; I went through the entire 52-week program, and it changed my life so much that I decided uh, I wanted to give back, hmm. and I started by doing some public speaking in the community and just telling my story to um, a variety of different uh, community-based organizations and outreach. And then I studied to become a facilitator and started to do this work just one night a week um, in San Francisco. And from there, I started to work in the jails. Um, I've worked uh, in Sacramento and Marin, in San Francisco, and now in Alameda County. Uh, And I continued to to do the work in the jail, uh, in San Francisco County Jail. I work with veterans now. And um, I also work uh, having my, my program over in Alameda County. We started the, the program, in Creating Peace, because um, ten years ago there wasn't a program like we have. Uh, it's a, a very unique program, and it was kind of hard to get it off the ground. The folks in Alameda County were like, "We have enough batter's intervention programs. We have enough anger management programs. We don't need another one." So. Uh, I I went and started working with the Alameda County uh, Collaborative on domestic violence, Mm -hmm. and that's at the Family Justice Center. Mm -hmm. And they invited me to start coming, and I just started attending the groups once a month and started to get some support. And then I went to Laney College and asked if they would be willing to allow us to hold our groups there. And they were very cooperative and very supportive of the work we were doing. Nice. And they helped us get it off the ground ten years ago, and we're still there we're we're ten years later we're still holding our classes Wednesday evenings from six p m till eight thirty at laney college and um and that's how it started that's how I got involved in the in the work
3: wow that's and, great uh, mm-hmm. and and so just so I'm clear the classes that you hold um are can be part of a restorative um sort of uh, A process that someone who has been convicted of battery might take in order to, you know, kind of address the court's requirements? Or is it, does it satisfy court requirements or is it more something that students take um, while attending Laney?
4: Uh, We have had some students come, but it's not as, it's not, uh, it is open to any students at Laney College that wants to attend. But um, we do get most of our clients uh, referred to us by the courts for probation. Gotcha. We are a certified batter's treatment program and anger management class uh, by the Alameda County Probation Department. But we also take folks that are self-referred. So they may have heard of our program. They may have been referred by a counselor or a pastor. Uh, they may have been referred by one of our graduates. Uh, we often have our graduates come back. And bring a friend or bring a relative that they think could use the, the program. Nice. Um, so it's, a, it's open to anyone. And we, we keep the first class free of charge. There's no charge for the first class. Um, clients can just come and check it out, see what they think. There's no pressure for them to join. And if they decide they want to join, we walk them through the process.
3: Nice. Um, and what is the cost to do something like, you know, to participate on a weekly basis? The original
4: cost, uh, the registration cost is $65. I okay. gets you started. Everyone pays that. And then we work on a sliding scale Okay. Uh, depending on what the client can afford. And the, the minimum cost would be $20 a week. Wow. And then we work, we work up from there depending on what their income is and what they can afford. Um, we we just try and make it affordable for
3: everyone. And these are classes for men only or can women attend?
4: They are classes for men only right okay. now, and uh, we take clients uh, as young as 16 years old Great. and up to – we've had uh, a client as old as 70, 73, I think, was our oldest client.
3: Wow. Very so, cool. And,
4: is- and all, like, all all segments of, of our community.
3: And so, uh, you know, I'm I'm super excited because coming up here, I believe, on the 25th of January, uh, Love Never Fails is going to participate in the class um, as, as in your restorative justice process. And so um, I'd love for the listening audience, you've sort of described it to me already, and I'm, I'm very excited about this, but uh, I'd love for the listening audience to learn more about your format.
4: Okay, so, and, and I really appreciate that too, Vanessa, that you're going to come uh, with one of your, your clients' uh, mothers and, and give a presentation. We call that uh, part of our program, the Survivor Impact and where we invite a survivor or a family member of a survivor of a violent incident to come and speak to our, our second and third stage groups. Um, we, we don't do it in the first stage group. We have our, our group segmented into three different stages. And that survivor comes and shares that story with the men in the class. And then they have a chance after the survivor leaves to process the story and talk about their own violence and their own victimization. And it's very, very powerful, and uh, it's a very unique part of our program um, that helps the men with empathy-building and compassion and understanding for a survivor's um, experience. Absolutely. Uh, the, the program is broken into three segments. We, we start in the first 20 weeks of the class, uh, and that's just talking about the violence and abusive behaviors identifying them, helping the men with their awareness about um, their own behavior and understanding where they learned that violent behavior or that abusive behavior, how it's become a maladaptive coping strategy for how to get their needs met, and then helping them understand the negative impacts of that uh, behavior on themselves, on their community, on their families, their children, and, and on their partners. Um, then we talk uh, help them to identify that and then they go through a process of accountability where they're asked to tell their story the first night that they come and then about 15 to 20 weeks into the program we ask them to tell their story again to the class and do a process with the group and it's all very peer orientated where the men in the group participates um, and actually teach the program to the other men the facilitators in the group act as sort of an orchestra director we we work with the men that have been there a little bit longer to help them to share with the new men what they're learning and to help them go through their process.
3: So when we um, come back, I'm, I'm, we're gonna take care. But um, when we come back, I'd like to kind of dig a little bit more into um, each of those phases because I think there's, I'm very, you know, when you sh- describe this to me, uh, I was extremely intrigued by um, mm-hmm. the the. Discussion, the exploration about the impact of the violence, how your story uh, relates to you being involved in violence, and then the reframing it sounds like that you do. So, um, I, I just think there's such a such powerful a model. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm, yes. I'm just sitting here like clenching my fists because. Um, I just love what you're doing. So anyway, we are going to come back and we're going to learn more about this. And those that are listening that maybe have struggled, struggled with domestic violence or have been a, a victim of domestic violence, this is your opportunity to gain insight on how uh, you, uh, you know, you might learn for your loved ones uh, more about this and how to help people in your community and help yourself. We'll be right back with another session of Abolition Radio.
1: We'll be back with more Abolition Radio. Right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking.
3: And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. So on the 25th, uh, we are going to um, this really it's a restorative justice process that we're going to engage in there with you um, Uh, Devin and and the and the group of men that you have there. And and we are so excited Um, just to share with the listening audience. um, I am super excited about doing more of this. Um, Not only is the person that we're bringing looking forward to it because they believe that this is going to create some healing for them to be able to get their story, have their story heard by men that actually want to hear it. Mm hmm. But also, I, you know, that just knowing that the person who wants to hear it is going to get healed, too, is just feels so right. And um in this case, it's actually going to be the mother of an exploited child
5: mm-hmm.
3: who was going to talk about how it fit, feels to her to mm-hmm. know that her child was treated that way. And then she's also going to talk about her own experience of domestic violence. And um, and it's about 25 minutes, right, Devin?
4: We give the uh, survivor an opportunity to speak for about 40 minutes. Okay. And then we open it, up, open it up to about 15 or 20 minutes of questions and answers. Okay. And then we take a break. And then we walk the survivor back to their car or, or wherever. And then we come back off the break. And the men have a process group that we do where we I- have identified some of the violence we heard. In the um, presentation and then the opportunity for them to talk about their own, either their violence that they've committed that may have been similar to what we heard in the survivor's story or some of the violence that was done to them when, um, it, you know, or, or done to maybe another family member. Um, that uh, they can identify with. It's very, very powerful, and it gives the men an opportunity to have a safe place to talk about these things that they may have never talked about before. Yeah. Uh, a lot of crying, a lot of, oh, lot of uh, tears, and, wow. uh, and things that, that come up for the men just in this process that they never would have expected to happen.
5: I just think this um, is so,
4: like, fabulous.
5: Yes. You know, Many of
4: the men say that that's the most powerful part of okay. the program.
5: I bet. I bet. And how many programs do you hear restorative justice for men in particular, right? I love the restorative justice portion and healing that you're mentioning, Devin. Um, what, I know you have your story, but what led you there in that way to in, to incorporate the, the men telling their stories and that type of thing? thing? Um, I think that...
4: Um Basically, the program that I was I was taken to or assigned to, which mm-hmm. was man, man Alive, it started uh, in the 80s mm-hmm. in Marin County at the Marin Abuse Women's Services. And it was developed by a group of survivors and women that were working at the shelter and also with a, a variety of different social workers and psychologists to come up with a program for men that was based on of victim's experience of violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the survivors that were going to Marine Abuse Women's Services were telling the, the counselors, we don't want to lose our husbands. We don't want to lose our boyfriends. Mm-hmm. We want them to get to help. And we want them to, to stop the violence to us mm-hmm. and our children and so the program was designed with their experience with children's experience with survivors experience and to help men identify that and understand that um, and then give them the tools to change to, to change their own behavior and and um, and so that's what it's it really is in the forefront of of the program that we use and and we designed at men creating peace is to keep that always in the forefront Yes. Um, of what the survivor's experience is and understanding that our behavior, so many times men don't understand that their behavior is having such a negative impact right. on others because they may have been raised in a family where there was domestic violence exactly. or other types of abuse. Exactly. And that's all they know. Right. Right. Or they may, may have been raised in a neighborhood or, or in, a, in, a, in an environment where right. there was a lot of violence and it was an acceptable way to get your needs met. And so that's just what they know. And so this is an opportunity for them to, A, hear what the difference is and what the impact is about mm-hmm. that behavior, mm-hmm. and then to have an open mind and an open heart to be able to embrace that and say, I need to change. I need to make some changes in my life, or I'm going to lose the people I love, or wow. I'm going to continue to hurt myself.
5: You know, um, you, you bring think. up a good point about abuse. You know, we've s- talked about on this program many times how, Sixty five to ninety five percent of victims of abuse were abused as children. That's a Department of Justice stat and DePaul School of Law says up to eighty eight percent of perpetrators of abuse were abused as children. Mm -hmm. It's that cycle. And and like you said, um, some that's all they know. Yeah. So changing behaviors is key.
3: Hurt people hurt people. Right. Absolutely.
4: Absolutely. And, and we've created a very safe environment where people can come, where men can come and talk about these issues and, and get uh, education about what they can do differently and, mm. and understanding and hearing it from the other men. The powerful part of the group is to hear the other men's stories right. and, and to say, I relate to that. Or, yes, I've done the same thing. And, and that's you know, some of the things that happened to me when I was growing up or some of the things that I witnessed growing up. Um, it's, it's very powerful. And we had a, an alumni come back last night, someone who's graduated almost a year ago and said, I, I almost got in a fight at the BART station the other night. And I realized I was slipping back into my old behaviors mm. and I knew that I needed to get back into this class. And mm. we offer that for the alumni that can come back at any time or right. free of charge to just come back and get a tune up or, or come back for as many weeks as they need to, you know, get, get, Retuned and and help them with you know polishing up uh, their skills and and hearing their stories and this was very very powerful for the new men in the program this was in the first stage of the program so most of the men in the class were less than fifteen weeks in the program and yeah. they got to hear from a a, a graduate who's coming back to get more help
3: that's great and it just you know I know that this is not a faith based uh, organization but um, I wanted to share that. Uh, we we did a study at church uh, a couple of days ago and uh, we were talking about um, our thought life in the study. And I and I imagine I wanted to kind of explore that we're actually going to take a break in just a sec. But I wanted to explore how much of the behaviors that manifest stem from thoughts you know, the, the thought that begins, and I, 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 recently, I, I, we were, my husband and I were counseling a couple that had been going through some difficult times, and, uh, it wasn't, uh, physical abuse, but there were some other abuse that was starting to happen, and the husband shared, just in a very heartfelt way, that it all started with his thoughts. Mm-hmm. It started with him thinking about, feeling disrespected or offended, about one little incident or two incidents. And then he began to make those into bigger incidents. And those somehow justified and rationalized his behavior, which began to uh, be, go- be more and more demonstrative over time. And so, um, and in speaking with, um, you know, Pastor Will Yancey, um, and, and I know that he works with you quite a bit. He's also sort of shared, um, that, that pattern, that correlation and, and, and that, the things that you guys do with the Alameda County, you know, batterers, the coalition against battery is really help people pull that apart and, and, and process their thought life. So, get to the yeah, get to the roots. So, so I, I kind of want to dig into that because I want people that are listening to really start to reflect on how this applies to you. I mean, maybe you're not a batterer, but maybe you are. Um, you know, or, and I, and I hate to label people say you're a batterer, but maybe you have not been involved in physical violence, but maybe you are verbally abusive. Mm -hmm. Maybe you are emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm. Um, these things all work towards the same outcome, which is hurting, harming another person, which is not what we were called to do. It's not our, it's not our calling and it's not our purpose in this life. So when we come back, I'd love to get Devin's perspective on, um, thought life and how much you guys really discuss the ideas that are running around in, in the men's minds. So we'll come right back and we'll hear from Devin Gaster. And thank you for listening to Abolition
1: Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking.
3: Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Riche yeah.
2: you were kind of reflecting on sort of. Um, uh, just overwhelmed by how valuable I feel this program is. We mm-hmm. have um, so many different programs and resources for women. And that that's a blessing, too. But to be able to have uh, a resource for men, an outlet to get to. Deeper rooted issues Mm. Um, Even like In having conversations With people about Exploitation and things Like that um, The women being Victims uh, of course But um, Me also feeling like Dealing with an Exploiter Whether it is a man Or a woman That uh, It's deeper rooted It's something that's Been broken in them It's something that's Been happening in them Whether it's something That's been inputted From the way that They've grown up Or just from What you See Mm-hmm. On you know, and other influences. So um, yeah. I'm just excited mm-hmm. about yeah. that, and just even myself. I've been in an abusive relationship before, yeah, and in turn started abusing mm-hmm. in, in the same manner, yeah. So I just being able to kind of get to those deeper parts of it and learning, and even talking about it,
3: yeah. And so, That's so cool Devin, one. is the purpose of the the beginning? Uh, you know, stages where you're exploring uh, the effects of abuse. Is that um, to help raise awareness?
4: Absolutely. We have an expression in our program called awareness plus action equals change. Mm. And so the education part of it is to bring the men's awareness up about their behaviors, about the different types of violence. So not just physical violence. There's verbal violence. There's uh, emotional violence. Mm-hmm. There's, Financial violence or mm-hmm. uh, economic violence there 's sexual violence there 's mm-hmm. spiritual violence yes. we 're using pl- religious doctrine to mm-hmm. abuse or force or manipulate someone to do something against their will yep. and and mm-hmm. this is, these are the forms of of abuse and uh, that we bring to the men 's attention and bring their awareness up about it, and then start to work with them about how they've done this or or maybe they, they have engaged in those types of abusive behaviors but didn't realize they were actually doing it or didn't realize that that was abusive or had a negative impact on their family members or on their, on their partner or on their children. They just didn't realize. I, I know when I went through the program, I did not realize how – my behavior had impacted my my sisters, my mom my my employees. I had a, a business at the time I was running a, a small business at the time, and I just did not understand how when I would lose my temper and yell or pound my fist on a on a bench or something it was, that that everybody was impacted by that. Everybody was like, "Whoa, you know, back it up." wait a minute, mm. Devin's in one of his moods. And I again, I still struggle with that. I still struggle with it when I get upset or when I get overwhelmed or overworked or overly tired or frustrated. I have to catch myself. This is not, I'm not just in the 20 years I've been doing this work or 18 years I've been doing this work, I'm not healed. I'm, I'm still a violent man. I still have the tendency to be emotionally or verbally violent. And I have to always keep that in the forefront of my mind. That I can make one decision and go back to jail or I can make one decision and I can lose my relationship with so many different people or so many different people. So continuing to do this work helps me in my process to stay focused on um, my own behaviors
3: well, like I want to that. thank you. So I just want, I just want to thank you for mm-hmm. being so transparent Yes, and, you know, and, and, and saying that, you know, I'm not healed. I, I've got to work at this. I'm, you know, I'm still uh, struggling with anger and violence. I mean, to me, that's what's missing. And. In a lot of you know even in the fight against human trafficking in um in the churches in uh, you know in, in many different communities um where uh, you would think there was more safety to be honest in that way, which I believe brings freedom. I believe that the you know the freedom um comes from being completely transparent not you know not blabbing all your business. Right. Um, at the wrong time, right? You know, you're out. You're at a baby shower, and you're telling people about your <laughs> right, abuse. You right. know, but the, the the point is, you know, uh, you know, bring specific times and places to be forthcoming with in safe environments, and and in a way that helps you to stay accountable to others because you've chosen to do things differently. Absolutely,
4: and that I think is the beauty of the program is it allows. Uh, the men to come back and and each week to have an opportunity and a platform to talk about their stuff to to get it out there and to hear feedback from the other men and to do some work i mean we have a process that we work with the men on at a violent incident and they tell their story and then we break it down and on a on a board and we have all that the men in the group are working with the men to identify the different forms of violence, um, some of the behaviors that continue that cycle of violence. We call that off the focus, denial, blaming, minimizing, collusion, and, and then the different types of um, sections in this diagram that help the men break down that whole incident of violence. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about um, the thought, stuff that yeah. you had mm-hmm. brought before we ended the last segment. Yeah, um, it, It's so um, wonderful that you brought that up because a lot of the work we do is to help the men get out of their head and come back to their heart.
5: Mm-hmm. Do I that. That. You know, I Don't like stop, that? Say that again.
4: Stop the story in your head, mm-hmm. drop out of your head and come back to your heart. Reconnect with your emotions mm-hmm. because that's the truth. That's really what's happening is many men don't know how to talk about their emotions. We have not been educated. We've not been... Told that it's okay to talk about our emotions yeah. women on the other hand it, it's okay it's permitted to talk about their emotions it's okay for women to cry and to be emotional men they have to be stoic mm-hmm. they have to put on this face this game face and we call that the hitman the hitman is mm-hmm. is the side of us that is stoic or strong or mean or aggressive and every day we walk out of the house, we have to put that face on. We have to put that, that mask, um, and we call it the hitman. That's our wow. image. It's, it's not a real image, but it's who we No, that's so right. to that's protect so ourselves. Right. Yeah. Because we don't know how to talk about our vulnerability. Right. And in our program, we ask the men to start to be vulnerable and, and to talk about that vulnerability and to, to talk about their emotions. So every week we check in about how do you feel. And we, we break it into basic eight basic emotions. Out of these eight basic emotions, how are you feeling right now in this moment, and why are you feeling that way? And let's talk about that. Let's wow. then identify them. And, and if you look at violence, the root of violence is fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And men just don't know how to talk about that fear. They don't know how to talk about the hurt or the sadness because they've never been given permission to talk about it.
3: Well, and and one of the things I want to want to touch on there, especially as we're, you know, as you know, our focus is human trafficking. And um, if you look at the statistics, at least the arrest statistics, um, uh, uh, the majority of the people that are being arrested for exploitation are African-American males um, that are between the ages of 18 and 24 and, um, those that
5: are being arrested.
3: Correct. Yeah. I wanted to make sure to yeah. highlight that. Um, so, you know, you, you, gotta take a little, you know, you gotta look at that in a couple different ways. But the point is that there are men, African American males, 18 to 24 that are, um, you know, experiencing some of these angers, um, experiencing some perhaps childhood abuse that is manifesting in these ways, maybe, uh, survivors of sexual violence themselves that went unaddressed, right? And, you know, I hear this oftentimes from, um, you know, African American men is that, you know, it sounds really nice that, um, I get to not be the hitman, right? But in this world, um, you know, this world looks at, an African-American man looks down their nose at an African-American man that's standing there crying yep. and saying, I'm hurting, I need help. Um, and there's no, there's like no empathy or no compassion waiting for an African-American male, uh, 18 to 24, that's, that's full of tears. And so I'd love to get, we're going to take a break. I want to come back and hear your perspective on that. Just bringing it into a cultural Um, sort of racially um, focused area, since uh, that's a target um, target um, demographic that we notice are perpetrating violence in the area of human trafficking. So um, I'd love your thoughts. And when we come back, we'll hear more from Devin. And thanks so much for listening to Abolition Radio.
1: We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking.
3: And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We are in the studio today with a special guest, uh, Devin Gaster, who is the co-founder and executive director of Men Creating Peace, a violence prevention and anger management program in Oakland, California. Devin, uh, before we go on with our discussion, how can people uh, sign up for your classes and get more involved with what you're doing?
4: Um, it's very easy. They can go to our website and find out uh, about our classes. Our website's mencreatingpeace.org. And we have the schedule of classes. We have the locations. We even have transportation that can get them there, public wow. transportation. Whoa. We, we've, we have a class on Saturday mornings in Berkeley at the Options Recovery Services. And it's only two blocks away from the BART station and very close to other public transportation. And we also have the Wednesday evening classes from 6 to 8.30 at Laney College. And that's right across the street from the Lake Merritt BART station and very close to other forms of public transportation, AC Transit. All of that is on our website. And uh, there's even a little map on how to get there. Or you can call me. Um, they just have to call my number, and I, I call everybody back. Uh, it, sometimes it takes me a day to get back to them or uh, a couple of hours to get back to them. My job in the jail um, does not allow me to contact my voicemail or access my phone while I'm in the jail. In fact, I can't even use my phone in the jail, so I have to wait till I get out of work before I can return those phone calls. No worries. Uh, but I try and call everybody back, and like I said before, we keep the first class free. There's no pressure for anybody to join. They can just come and check it out, see what they want, cool. see if this is something that speaks to them. And they, we also give them an opportunity to ask any questions of the men in the group. You know, they, That's been a very powerful part of it is on that first night, they, we give them an opportunity to ask questions of the other men in the group. Hmm. How are you doing? What are you, what are you getting out of this? Do you, do you really like this? Is this helping you? So the other men in the group, now, they're not hearing it from one of our facilitators. They're hearing it from the men in the group unsolicited. Hmm. what they're getting. And that is a a really big um, assistance as far as helping men to decide whether or not they want to join the group and so they feel comfortable in the group.
3: Awesome. And that class on Saturday is in Berkeley. At what time is it? That's ten a.m. until twelve thirty. Ten to twelve thirty.
5: Okay, great. And you so, said the first phase. I just want to ask uh-huh, a quick question. Yeah. The first phase is twenty weeks. I understand why so long because it's a deep subject and trying to get to the roots of it. But how long is the total program?
4: Our, our total program is fifty-two weeks. We do okay. have an anger management part of it, so which a year? is twenty-six weeks. So the anger management program is is basically the same format, but they only get the first and then only a few weeks of second stage. Gotcha. They are always encouraged to stay longer if they would like and we keep that open to them they can do that on a on a case-by-case or decision basis but um, it's a year program and and that's we found that that is the length of time it Mm -hmm. takes for the men's resistance to come down and then to really to, to get the full benefit of the program. Right. Um, the first twenty weeks, there's a lot of resistance, especially the first five to oh, ten yeah. weeks. Oh yeah. a lot of resistance. I don't want to be here. I'm just here because the court sent me. Right. Um, you know, I'm not violent. Lots and lots of work right. to get help them get over the denial, get over their minimizing, get over their blame, right. and to help them to to really identify with some of their behaviors and, and how it's impacting their lives. Mm. Um but once we get past that 20 weeks once we help them to identify their hitman help them to identify the different types of violence they've been engaging in and then to give them some really useful tools on the first night they learn tools that they can use right away mm. nice. um, to help them stop that that violence and change their behavior um they move on to the second phase of the program the second phase of the program and it is really about learning uh, to identify themselves their their true self their their authentic self Mm-hmm. Um, to help them get back in touch with that side, that little boy that they 've kept locked away right. that that vulnerable side of them that they 've kept locked away, and they don 't feel safe to let that person out they don 't let say, feel safe to to be vulnerable and expose that mm-hmm. side of them because they always have to keep this tough guy image up yes um, so that second stage is really more focused. Uh, about learning how to break down those barriers, start to um, identify their themselves through their, their five senses, you know, getting back in touch with their body, getting then getting back in touch with their heart space, mm-hmm. and then learning how to communicate that with the other men in the group, negotiate agreements. This is a big part of the program is, you know, orders and commands are the language of violence violence in the language of abuse. When I can negotiate with someone and hear their side and be able to share my side and come to a happy medium in the middle, that's a negotiation, that's a win-win for everyone. And that's what we're encouraging them to do in their relationships with everyone, not only their relationships and their intimate partner relationships, but their relationships with their children, their relationships with their families, their people that they work with, their neighbors, their community, that I'm not gonna get everything I want and the other person's not gonna get everything they want, but how do we meet in the middle? How do we negotiate to find a place where we both feel like our needs are being met without Mm -hmm. using violence, without Mm -hmm. using abuse or manipulation?
3: And and, and let, let me kind of drill down on that a little bit, because I think um, that, you know, kind of ties back to the issue I raised in the last segment. Right. As we're talking about contextualizing this around um, our young African-American uh, men during the break, we we're talking about a, a conversation that my husband and I often have about our sons and how to raise our sons. And my husband's perspective, um, as an African American man uh, of you know African American boys, we have a 21 year old and a um, and an 18 year old. We also have a nine year old, but the 21 and year 18 year old is the ones that we're often talking about. And he feels that um, you know the world is not going to allow them to negotiate, and the world is not going to appreciate them talking back or uh, responding to anything less than be a command. And so he kind of has trained, you know, wants to train them almost to be a soldier. Right. And um, I'm very much, you know, I'm much more sort of on the negotiation side and discussing, you know, how does that feel to you? And what do you think should happen in this scenario? And that's probably because of my clinical, you know, my bend towards clinical um, perspective. So what are your thoughts on that, given that, you know, I think it's important some of the concepts that we talk about, are good, but then when we culturalize and 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 contextualize them, um, it, it, it can be a challenge. If if the world, in other words, the world is is quite abusive to our young American men, and so if we don't teach our young African American men to endure and tolerate abuse hmm. in our household, how will they be successful when they walk out the door? Hmm. It's a very difficult yeah. question, but it's true
4: it 's very hard, and, and that comes from years and years of oppression and years mm-hmm. and years of of violence towards the african american community um, and and it comes it 's based in fear it 's based in fear that they 're going to hurt me they 're going to continue to hurt me and um, I, I, many of the African american men i 've worked with both in jail and in the community have a very similar um you know take on this is that i'm never going to get out of this particular you know situation the the jobs the education is not available to me or this is all i know you know is to pick up a gun and to sell dope or to pimp women this is the only way i know how to make a a, a decent living (laughs) and we help them to reframe that to say look There are opportunities for you, and violence and abuse is not the way. You can go back to school. There are many, many opportunities for you available to you, and and I get it, and especially if a man has been involved in the criminal justice system. Uh, We've worked with a man all year this year that's been involved, got involved in the criminal justice system very young, and has had a very tough time getting an employment, you know, and and we worked with him and encouraged him and, and he's finally gotten a good job and, and his his whole demeanor has changed because he has self esteem. He's, he, he feels proud of himself. He's, he's just had a baby. He's all these different things are happening in his life. through the course of the year that he's been with us. We've seen this man just, just blossom and, and grow and change so much. But when he came, he was a very, angry, young African-American man mm-hmm. that just had was carrying the, the weight on his shoulders of years and years of oppression and feeling like there was no choice. Um, and I, and it, it is hard. It's really hard to convince or to uh, invite them to see it from a different perspective. Uh, one of our facilitators is African American and spent uh, quite a many many years in the criminal justice system and 23 years in the state prison, and came from that background of of gang violence and uh, and he understands and can relate to these guys so much, and, and they can relate to him, and and it's it's very powerful to to be able to see an older African American male who has come from that background, changed his life, gotten out of out of incarceration and is now doing things in his community is is a deacon in his church is is working with youth and and has a a job has a relationship has a relationship with his daughter and his granddaughter and talks about that in the, in the classes and it gives him inspiration hey if, if he can
3: do this, I can do this. That's right. Well, thank you. Thank you again, Devin, for um, joining us, um, sharing so much wonderful insight on Mm -hmm. this topic. I am truly looking forward to being there on the 25th to support our survivor who's going to come and, and uh, uh, a survivor of domestic violence and, and, uh, and of uh, her child being exploited and, 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 and support her and support the men that are in the room Um, as we all move forward towards a a place of healing and a place of peace. Mm -hmm. So, again, we we thank you for being on the show. um, And uh, we're going to come back. We have some events going on in the community um, that uh, Benita is going to take you through. And thank you so much for listening to Abolition Radio.
1: We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking.
5: As you know, um, January is modern day slavery and human trafficking awareness month. And boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, have the events begun. So on the 19th, Love Never Fails will be having a a new volunteer orientation from 7 to 8 at our uh, Hayward Office That's 22580 Grand Street in Hayward. So if you are someone who um, would love to volunteer with Love the Refills in any capacity, this would be the place to come. Join us there for a volunteer orientation to learn more about our programs and how you can get involved there. On the next day, the 20th, there's a film screening and panel discussion from 6 to 8 on Uh, The new film documentary, Surviving International Boulevard, um, Domestic Child Sex Trafficking, our friends there. And you can register on our website um, for that discussion. Also, January 27th, uh, the South Bay Coalition to End Human Trafficking will be having their annual conference. Uh, we are really excited. Um, the coalition, Love Never Fails, is a, a member of the coalition, and we're very excited to be having our annual conference this year, looking at an intersectional approach to trafficking, both labor and sex trafficking. And it would be held at the Mexican Heritage Plaza School of Arts and Culture at 1700 Alum Rock Avenue in San Jose. And it begins at 9, but go to the website, and register at South Bay Coalition to End org or sbceh and register for that conference. And the next day, the annual, the third annual actually, Voices for the Voiceless March and Rally will be taking place at in Oakland at on International Boulevard and we'll be meeting at the San Leandro Bart Station, Fruitvale, excuse me, Fruitvale Bart Station. Um, And there will be many um, there for the rally, many guest speakers and entertainment. And um, it begins at 1130 there on at the Fruitvale Bart Station Market Square area on the 28th. And the March will take place after the rally. Please continue to visit us. At Double Portion, our community store, Um, Mondays through Fridays from 10 to 6, we are open. And that's at 22580 Grand Street in Hayward. And if you come by on Tuesdays,
2: every Tuesday is $2 Tuesday. So. at New Hope Christian Fellowship, every Tuesday, there's Feed My Sheep for the community. Yes. So if you'd like to come volunteer or donate in any way, um, there's hot meals provided for the community, um, homeless and needy- needed families. And also every third Saturday, uh, they do the same as well with um, Distributing clothes, hot meal, and just a place of comfort and care. So, this New Hope Christian Fellowship at twenty two eleven zero, yeah, two two one one zero Montgomery Street. That's right. Yes, in
5: Hayward. And speaking of the third Saturday, we will also not have outreach this year. This this month, excuse me. This is our month of um, reflecting and seeking the Lord in direction regarding outreach. So we will pick back up on the third Saturday in February with outreach and we'll keep you posted. Then like us on our abolition radio, Facebook page, our love never fails, Facebook page and our Ycat Ycat Facebook page. Correct. And our, there is one more that I forgot. Oh, our project. Look for me, Facebook page. If you are ever in need of prayer or if you are a prayer warrior out there and who would love to uh, join us in prayer, you may do so on our corporate prayer call. You can go to our website to get the number as well as the code to to sign on in. But it's eight o'clock every Sunday night. Go to love never fails us dot com slash million to give one dollar a month. Everybody can do that and tell and tell the world to give $1 a month. And if you have not heard today, but need to know, please know from us here at Love Never Fails that you
1: are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to AbolitionRadio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. Our theme song, Courage to Believe, is by Justin McRoberts. Hear more about his passion for justice and art at JustinMcRoberts.com. Our audio engineer is Jarrell Martin, and this is Dave Naderhood. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thanks for listening and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free.
0: You're you in the, we in.
3: You're in the we're passing by you're in the ones-